Welcome to the Own Your Choices, Own Your Life podcast. I know you are here wanting to change and rewrite your story. You are desiring to step into the impact that you know you were here to create. I am here to guide you with the proven tools and strategies used by myself and our speakers to support you in taking radical responsibility in your life and learning how to own your choices to change your story. My name is Marsha Van Weinsberg. I am a storytelling business coach, master NLP trainer, speaker, podcaster, and seven times published author. My clients have found freedom and purpose from overcoming their shame stories and learning how to share them with the world. I am so grateful you are here. Let's get started. Welcome back to the show. Today, we are speaking with Blaine Elkers. Blaine is America's only chief results officer. It's an interesting story behind that. Blaine is a TEDx speaker and a leading authority in personal implementation and consistency. He is a habits master with documented streaks of 1,684 days, which I know is more than what is originally stated here. It's only growing and counting of his habits. As a top LinkedIn connector, he has over 25,000 first-level connections. Blaine graduated from Purdue University and Stanford's University Social Entrepreneurship Program. He is powered by Selffluence, a personal development and training company that he founded. He is excited to share with you the ways that you can take control of your life by taking control of yourself. I love this episode. This is like a deep dive in our mindset and hacking our head trash. I love how he calls it head trash. I talk a lot about the thoughts in our mind and what we are thinking, and that is dictating what we're doing and what we're creating. So in this episode, he talks about what is your own head trash, learning how to wash out the head trash, how to change the lens of your future by cleaning off the lens dialing down the resistance and dialing up and fine-tuning your habits. He shares his concept of the 21-second habit, how to implement this immediately, habit linking, connecting to the urges, like the surfacing, how to connect the two, and to leverage to lock in your new habit using pain or pleasure or penalty and rewards. This is a super powerful episode on mindset hacks, connecting to the art and science of influencing ourselves, and how to actually create long-lasting results in your life. You're going to love this episode. Welcome to the show today, Blaine. I am thrilled to have this conversation with you. Hey, thank you so much for having me. I am thrilled to be here. I've listened to some of your episodes, love what you're doing, and just want to thank you on behalf of all the listeners that you take the time to put this stuff together, to get it edited, to get it online where it lives forever. And some of your stuff is so good that I think it's actually going to touch lives not yet born. So somebody's not even born yet, 20 years from now, 30 years from now, they're going to pick up these podcasts and it's going to make a difference for them. So I'm hopeful today that I can bring a little value to that person out into the future. Oh, okay. So first off, thank you. I'm going to, I'm going to receive that because it's awesome on this end as a podcaster, there's a lot of work behind the scenes. So I completely appreciate what you're saying. And secondly, we will create it. I have no doubt because I love what you're doing and how you are helping people to think differently and see things differently. So if you don't mind, would you share a little snippet as to who you are? Uh, yeah, yeah. So uh, Blaine Elkers, I'm in Phoenix, Arizona, uh, born and raised in New Jersey. Um, but I had a couple of I had a couple of moments of dawning comprehension where kind of the world changes, the light bulb goes off, and you're never quite the same. And so for me, that first moment for me came in college. And so sometimes uh, people really like high school. Some people are like college. I really had uh, uh, I really liked college. It was where I really kind of kind of leaned into my authentic self. But but anyway, so I'm at college and I see this ad and maybe like some of the listeners, uh, I've always been a little bit of a seeker. Like, how can I do better? How can I learn? And I see this ad where you can send away, I'm going to date myself here for an audio cassette tape. Yes, it was the 80s. Um, so, so anyway, you might have to Google what an audio cassette tape is. But I sent away for this 
reading of this book called Think and Grow Rich mm-hmm. uh, by Earl Nightingale. Actually, Earl Nightingale is this guy that ended up kind of becoming a, a mentor of mine you know, through audio tape programs. But anyway, so I got that. I listened to it. I resonated with it. I read the book. And it was it was lucky for me that in college, I realized later I made this saying called Waitaba, which is an acronym for what you think about, you bring about. And what I learned was it wasn't just the law of attraction, but it was the law of attraction with action. That's what that book was talking about. Um, you know, so what you think about, you bring about. And so I started using that and I started really controlling my attention and my thoughts. And uh, it didn't change the circumstances of my life, but it changed how I received those circumstances and what I did with them. Right. And so I, I actually met my wife in college. We've been married 31 years now. Um, so we've got some, some good, good time together here. Uh, and I had some good success. My degrees in computer science, and so I, I got some great jobs. I worked for Hewlett Packard and Rational Software Corporation. But my second big moment of dawning comprehension came when I went on this long business trip for my the company I was working for. And I come back from this long trip, and my son Bo, he's one year old, and he's like acting really weird. I'm like, Beth, is is Bo sick? Like, is he sick? Something's wrong. It's just no, he's not sick. But you were gone so long that he kind of forgot who you were. And I was just like, what? And like emotionally, that hit me hard that night. And then I remembered both my parents' work and I came home to an empty house. My brother typically was not there. And so I had this, <clears throat> I made this clarifying decision that night, but I had this moment of dawning comprehension. And I made this clarifying decision that like, no matter what, like I was going to, you know, I was going to be a work from home dad. Like I was just going to make that happen. You know, I had a full-time job. We had another child was coming. So my wife was like, whoa, 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 hold on there, entrepreneur boy. Uh, you know, you've got to get some money in the bank. You've got to, you've got to be making more from your, we didn't call it a side hustle back then, but you got to be making more from, from that new, this thing you're going to create than your regular job. So anyway, we had, it was a very stressful year. But a year later, from that clarifying decision, I did leave my job, and that was 27 years ago. So for 27 years, I've been this work-from-home dad. Now the kids are grown and gone and, and on their own, uh, but it, it gave me this ability to take control of my schedule more because I work for myself and I all the stuff I I started had no daily operations on my part. So I really got to figure out who I was, and I realized that. Uh, I like to help people take control of their lives by taking control of themselves. Mm-hmm. And so I started doing that. I, I started a company called Self-Fluence, the art and science of influencing yourself, or what I like to say, the power you already have. You don't need anything new. The power you already have to influence yourself. And it's really about um, over the years, because I started that in 2009, over the years, I've become an expert on personal implementation, kind of getting yourself to do the things you know you should be doing or stop the things you know you should not be doing. Uh, but this idea of personal implementation, I started doing it primarily for business owners, mastermind groups. And one of the groups said, look, you're helping us get results. We're going to call you the chief results officer. And I'm like, I like that title, chief results officer. Like, that's who I am. And so I, I realized nobody was using that. So I went to the U.S. Patent and Trademark, and I got the registered trademark. So the R with the circle carries a little more weight than just the TM. Uh, And so now I can safely say, not in Canada, but I can safely say in the United States, I'm America's only chief results officer. And so now, since 2009, all I've been doing is, is, is basically helping people take control of their lives by taking control of themselves. And uh I'm thinking that we'll start talking about some of the frameworks that I've found most practical, most useful for people uh, along this journey. But that's how I got to where I am today. I love that. Thank you. Yes, we're definitely going down this down this rabbit hole here. Um, this piece, the one thing I'm just going to follow my gut here. The first thing that popped in this self self fluent self fluent. Yes, I love that verbiage. The power that you already have. Here's an interesting thing that, and I'm, I have, I believe this deep down, even though I have waved, wavered back and forth many times, but deep down believe that we have everything that we need in order to create the results that we want. Experiences, mentors, they can support us. Maybe they can shorten the learning curve, but what we need is already within us. So when you're talking about this power that you already have, how do you help someone see that they already have this power? 
Yeah, great, great point. And, and a great observation. And all the frameworks <clears throat> that we teach with self-fluence, we always say a few things. Everything you need is within reach. So that's number one. And then number two is you're already doing it. Like you already know, like, like if we talk about creating habits or time productivity or hacking your own head trash, you already know how to do it. So we'll, we'll remind you of that. And then the third part is you can master it. So everything you need is within reach. You're already doing it and you can master it. Now, sometimes I believe more in people than they believe in themselves, <laughs> uh, which happens a lot. Uh, and, and so most of that, you know, you got limiting beliefs. You have what you and I both kind of call head trash, um, which is maybe like a false reality about yourself from the past or wherever it comes from. And so you need to, I call it hack your head trash. You need to change that. You need to flip the switch. Uh, and, and I like to, when I'm working with people, we, we typically find that they need two sets of tools. One is like the reactive, like when I have the bad thought or I just, I say something, you know, uh, to myself, whether it's out loud or, or in my head, you know, that that's just really not true mm -hmm. or that's going to hold me down forever. Um, so, so you need tools like reactive tools in the moment. And then you need these longer term, like proactive tools, uh, you, you know, where you're really kind of pouring in the positive, uh, you know, and, and who you want to be. Right. So, so you need both, both sets of, uh, both sets of tools. So we could dig into those tools if you'd like, or, or I'll, I'll stop there for a moment. No, no, no. Let's dig into them. And this piece on believing you help them to like, they can borrow belief from you. This piece on that is that, you know, a lot of people will look at somebody who's successful and think like, well, it's easy for them because they're confident. They believe in themselves. I actually really deep down believe that we all have to borrow that belief at some time because people can see things in us that we can't see yet. And then, you know what, maybe we can be the person that we can borrow and that give that belief to someone else too. So it's, we go through waves in our life where, you know, no, we're not always like hundred percent confident and sure of ourselves. But if we surround ourselves with people who can see those things in us, then that can help us through some of that muck. Yeah. hundred percent. You, you know, you have friends, everybody has friends who are belief givers, friends, colleagues, peers, and, and they give you some of that belief. They believe in you. Now, I'm, I'm hopeful if you're married that your spouse is one of those. Now, it's not always, my wife and I haven't always believed in each other that much. She kind of put the challenge on me to, to get rid of the job. Um, and I'm not sure how happy she was when we did get rid of it because the entrepreneur life isn't as low risk, you know, yeah. as, as having the job. Uh, but I'm hopeful that those are, are belief givers, right? And so a lot of times, yeah, we always have the imposter syndrome. We're always, there's always that little voice. Now my head trash is, it's never gone, but I have it pretty darn small in a corner, uh, mm -hmm. you know, but there's different events in my life, different weak points in my life where it comes back out. Right. So let's give you some tools, a few tools on, you know, the reactive immediate side and then also the proactive long-term side. So on the immediate side, we're going to use this very, it's a two word simple phrase here. And, and I've heard you talk about one of these two words, uh, in, in some of your own, uh, podcasts. But what we want to do is when you have this limiting belief, this head trash, what you want to do is if you stay with the head trash, your brain, neurologically, your brain is wired to help you find uh, and confirm that belief, right? So, so if I say, I never have enough time, my brain's going to say, that's right, because you're trying to do this and you're trying to do that. And you took on too many projects and you got this to-do list of 400 items and da, 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 blah, 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 blah. It's going to just, you're, you're, you're done, you're toast. Uh, and so the first hack is what we call, yeah, but. So what you want to do is you want to, yeah, but yourself. And you talk about how powerful but is, but but you have to say, yeah, but to switch your brain instantly, it has to try to give you helpful stuff instead of hurtful stuff. So when I say, man, I never have enough time. Yeah, but, and then you pause and you let your brain. Yeah, but you control your schedule, Blaine. Yeah, but you can delegate. Yeah, but you can hire. Yeah, but you know the 80-20 rule. You know that 20% of what you do produces 80% of your results. So why don't you just oust the 80, focus on the 20, and now you're going to have twice as much time. So, so you begin to give yourself answers. And, and over the years, I've become a yeah, but expert where, you know, we, we go around yeah, butting all, you know, my wife, our kids, you know, we're just yeah, but all the time. And my brain is like so wired for yeah, but that, you know, someone could say anything and then we just go yeah, but, and then bam, 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 the answers come, but let your, let your own brain start mm -hmm. helping you. And that's a, that's a good framework like to use right in the moment, right? Just say, yeah, but, and then pause 
and then go with some of those answers, right? Lean into those answers. And the quicker you do it, you get faster and faster and faster at it, mm -hmm. right? So the first time it's a little hard, but but once you get the wiring of the brain ready to yeah, but the stuff, you'll be yeah, like, you will like unconsciously yeah, but it and, and it won't even happen, right? So does that make sense? Oh, it makes so much sense. I love it. I love that you said that. And that said, this is the pattern interrupt piece, right? Like the faster you can get at interrupting those patterns. And then I even say sometimes like, and take a second to celebrate like the change that you've made, like what you've done in that moment, because you're literally brain training in the moment, like in that exact moment. So don't wait until, but I don't have the results yet. It's like, but oh my God, I just caught myself like five times this hour and I've shifted that and yeah, butted myself. I love that. Yeah. Excellent. Excellent. All right. So that's like in, in the moment longer term kind of proactive stuff is, you know, there's a saying that I like called the solution to pollution is dilution. And so that kind of comes from chemistry. Like there would be the beaker of the dark liquid. And if you pour the clear liquid in, it gets clear and clear and clear. Now, if you can pour enough clear liquid in there, it will become clear once again, and the pollution will be gone. So your head trash is the same way and the head trash is coming in. And so you need to pour in the positive, right? Mm -hmm. And so for me, when I was going through tough, my toughest times, you know, audio programs were the way I would pour in the positive. So if I have one hour of, you know, pity party, woe is me, victimhood, all the bad stuff, you know, maybe, you know, <clears throat> I don't know, 20, 30 years ago, I might need five or 10 hours yeah. of positive audios to, to dilute out that, that balance out, dilute out that, that, that pollution in my head. Now today I probably can go 50, 50, you know, one hour of, of, of bad thinking. I can do one hour of, let's say a Jim Rohn audio program and, and I'm right back in there, but you want to pour in the positive and you want to overdo it. You've got to overdo it. You've got to make it a habit. Um, and whatever those positive things are, you know, certain foods you eat are energizing. You know that there's a frequency to the people you hang around. Some pull you up, some weigh you down, right? And and move and shift towards those positive things. Same thing, TV, videos, music, all the inputs to your body, you know, you could raise those up to make them be more positive. Probably the number one thing I started uh, um, a long time ago was that in the morning, I decided, okay, most people uh, take a shower every day, uh, but I start my day with a mind shower. So, so everybody washes their physical body, but how often do you wash your mind out? So every morning, and we can talk about creating new habits, but there's ways to create habits basically kind of instantly. I call it 21 second habits. But anyway, I created this habit to take this mind shower every single day. Uh, and, and so what I do is I, I prefer a 10 minute mind shower, but if I don't have time, if I don't have time, I'll take a three minute mind shower, which I always have time for. Um, and so I, I like to win early, win often. Um, but in that mind shower, I'm washing out the head trash. Um, uh, that's, that's key component number one. So there's a bunch of trash from the last 24 hours, you know, what other people thought of me, those little voices. And I'm really having a yeah, but session with myself on, on all those items. That's, that's part one of the mind chart. And then the second part, which is the most important thing I do every morning is that I, I clean off and I adjust what I call the lens of the future. Um, because the lens of the future, how you look at the future determines, this is weird, but determines your physical reality of that future. So for example, if I told you, let's say I said, look, I'm really sorry to say, but this today is going to be one of the worst days of your life. Now I've given you that lens of the future and you go out and then you're almost hit by a car. You say, oh my gosh, Blaine was right. This is one of the worst days of my life. I, I that car actually bumped me. I could, you know, I, I could have been killed. And you're going to be frightened, looking and, and physically, neurologically, you're going to be scared and frightened and looking around. Where's the next bad thing going to happen? Right. So that's how that day turns out for you physically, physically, brain chemistry, all that wise. Now, same morning, but I hand you a different lens and I say, listen, today it's actually going to be one of the best days of your life. I don't know why, but it's going to be. Same exact thing. You walk your bump by the car and you say. Blaine was right. Like I'm safe. Like the universe, God, they still want me here. This is one of the best days of my life. What else is great is going to happen today? And your upbeat and your brain chemistry and your physical physiology is all upbeat and awesome, right? Mm -hmm. Same exact thing. It's just 
neurologically, that lens of what you're looking for, that interpretation of the day determines how the day falls out for you. And when I realized that and I started polishing the lens, uh, you know, and it's not, it's an authentic lens. It's not rose colored glasses per mm-hmm. se, but I'm looking for, uh, you know, I'm looking for the opportunities of the day and I'm looking to make it a, a great day. And I will say, you know, 999 times out of a thousand, it works. There is going to be that one day in a thousand where something traumatic happens and you don't even know the reason and you become very angry at the world. I've had those days too, mm-hmm. but they're few and far between. Oh my God. I love all of that, that you just shared. And so if a person is listening to this, like the one thing that hits me when you're talking about is like that lens of the future. We're not talking about like the rose. Uh, can you just clarify when you said the rose colored glasses? I so, I'm so glad you said that this yeah. rose colored glasses, as opposed to like actually cleaning the lens for the future. Yeah. So you're looking for an authentic future and, and, and you know that life is not all as Rocky would say, sunshine and rainbows and sunshine and unicorns and all that stuff. It's not that right. Life is real. And so you're just looking for the opportunities in your day and you've decided ahead of time that that's what you're looking for. Right. Um, because the opposite is also true. So if, if you're looking for the bad things in people in your life, you will find them. Right. And, and um, science, this is great. Science is finally catching up. Uh, you know, science is proving that. In the back of your brain, there's this little thing called the reticular activating system or the RAS. People call it the RAS. And that's the piece of your brain that decides what am I going to give from the subconscious mind up to the conscious mind, right? And so you would, if all the information came through, you would, you would go crazy because it's monitoring the pH of your blood and your breathing and all the different functions of your body. And it's taking inputs from everything, what you're seeing and feeling and hearing and all that stuff. So it decides what is important, what is relevant. And over time, you can program that. But whatever you're looking for, that's what it's going to find. That's why when you're in the airport and if your name comes over the speaker, you haven't heard, they've said a hundred names since you walked in that airport. They say your name, you hear that. In a crowded room, someone says your name, you hear that, right? Because your RAS is programmed in, that's something important. And you decide what you tell the RAS is important or not important. Uh, you know, so, so a combination of the lens and, and a lot of, yeah, budding, and all of a sudden your days turn out to be uh, pretty good, but you're not like, you're not just saying everything is great in kind of that rose colored glasses. Like no matter what happens is good. No, here's something that just happened. That's terrible. Now you may say, how could, how can I learn from this? How can I profit from this? How can I, where's the seed of, of some equal or greater benefit hidden in here? There usually mm-hmm. is, but you got to look deep sometimes. Mm, I love all that you just shared and said there. And it like, it made me think yesterday I was getting ready. I had to go do one quick errand and I had a couple of things that kept popping up and I was getting annoyed because I was late leaving. Like, I was like, Oh my God, like, so, like what is going on? And I could feel my frustration. I'm like, okay, just finish this. And then you can go Went on my route to go where I go at this time and literally pulled up. Looks like I missed an accident by about five minutes, a pretty, like a, a pretty serious one. There was like the road was closed blah, and I just sat there and I went, huh? Okay. Well, thank you for being late. Thank you for all the things that went by the wayside. There was obviously a reason that I was late. Like it was just this moment of obviously I'm not, I'm I'm grateful I was involved and everybody looked okay, but it was this moment of that actually made sense because there was a lot of things that were happening. Now, some people will look at that and go, that is just so flighty and weird, but it's a mindset practice for me that I'm able to go, okay, I'm grateful that I'm like, I'm okay. And obviously that'll happen for a reason. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. And and it's interesting that it's really oddly, it's your decision about it. Like if you decide I'm going to make the best of it, then you become this person that always makes the best of it. If you decide, you know, the world's out to get you, then the world will be out to get you. I mean, you know, uh, what Henry Ford said, you know, whether you think you can or you think you can't, you're right. Uh, Mm -hmm. And and I think this is one of the the greatest things that I think we could teach the world is the power of your mind to dictate how life works out, right? Mm -hmm. So, so Jim Rowan, my, uh, my, he's my favorite mentor. I got to share the stage with him a few times. And, and, and he said, it's not what happens that determines your life future. 
It's not what happens that determines your life future. It's what you do about what happens. And everybody has good days and bad days, but it's in that choice that dictates how it all turns out for you, what kind of brain chemistry you have and where your thoughts go and, and all that stuff. So so it, it's this is dangerous because uh, you really can't be the victim anymore once you a- a- accept that. Uh, but the, it's it's a lot of work sometimes and controlling your thoughts and di- and doing a lot of yeah budding and and getting yourself you know to a, a kind of almost like a higher level of living. It takes work, uh, mm-hmm. and I can tell you, it doesn't even seem a, like it's possible when you're stuck in the mud, right? No. You know, I. I I often tell, I, I did a TEDx talk and they said, oh, you got to tell a real emotional story. I go, I don't do that. Like, I don't, I don't tell people about my emotions. And they're like, well, you have to do it for this TEDx talk. And I'm like, oh, crap. So anyway, so I did it. But I told the story of the greatest day of my life is when my son, my first child, we have two, my, our son was born. But then that night, my dad dies. Right. Oh. So it's kind of this, this, and, and it was that just, it was a really difficult time. I was like, I was for months, I was bitter at the world, at God and everything. And so, so I know about the dark times and sometimes it doesn't feel like you can get up and get out of that. Uh, you know, but, but, but I'm here to tell you that you can. Right. And I, I chose better over bitter. And I use that concept of the white table. What you think about, you bring about. And slowly, and yeah, budding myself with the negative limitation stuff that I didn't want uh, and embracing the stuff I did want, you know, I pulled myself up out of there and became, that was another good emotional driver to become the work from home dad, kind of like in honor of my dad. Um, but but anyway, so so you can, wherever you are today, know that you can get, get up and out of there. And I will say, once you get up and out of there, I mean, once you get up out of the ditch, we fill the ditch in with concrete, you're mm-hmm. not going back in there. Uh, you know, you learn the tricks, the, the techniques, not really tricks, but the techniques to get yourself out of there, the yeah buts, the mind showers, the pouring in the positive. Uh, you know, if you just take control o- over what I call your ambient sound time, which is like when you're driving, when you're doing chores, when you're exercising, you know, uh, when you're not working your brain, if you take over that ambient time with positive stuff, mm-hmm. you, you're, I, I guarantee you'll, you'll come up out of the ditches of life. Wow. Thank you for sharing all that. And I just had this visual because I'm visual, but you know, you went through the experience of your son being born and you're losing your dad on the same day. And I could just picture like, you know, you're kind of on this top rung of like, here's so like such a beautiful experience to like dropping all the way down. And now it's like, how am I going to get back up to that again? And it takes time for somebody who's listening. I love the realness of it and that it's not, again, the rose colored and just say the positives and move on. It's work to work your way up those rungs. But then as the next challenge happens, maybe it doesn't bring you all the way down, crashing to the bottom. Maybe it's like, you know, five rungs down or 10 rungs down. And it's that continuous practice that you work through in order to shift when you do have challenges, because this is life, right? We do have challenges, but I love that you said the word choice, obviously one of my favorite words, because it saved me. It saved me in recognizing that I have a choice. Even now when frustration comes up, it's like, no, no, Marshall, what's your choice? Like, what are you choosing right now? Because that's what's dictating that what's coming next. And so as we talk about choice, what does that bring up for you? And how do you use that when you are speaking or sharing or navigating challenging times? Yeah. I mean, you, you hit the nail on the head with choice, right? That's, that's the thing. That's 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 like maybe the one thing we have over all of the other animals on the planet here is that we have this ability to choose. Um, and there is this stimulus response, but there's a little gap in between there, and you can widen that gap, uh, y- you know, and 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 take control of that gap. But that's, I think, that's probably the biggest thing, you know, with self fluence, which I, I said it's like the power you already have to influence yourself, but it's the choice. It's mm-hmm. the choice that you have and the choices that you make. Now, wherever you are today, it's a little bit of a bitter pill to swallow because it's probably based on the choices you make. Uh, you know, and but here's the good news. The good news is that immediately, starting right now, you can make better choices. Mm-hmm. And that's what life's all about. Now, are you going to fall off? Yes, we're human. We're all human. I love, I love when my humanness shows up. I make a mistake. I say the wrong thing. I, I show up late or what, wh- whatever it is. You know, uh, I, I celebrate my humanness. There, there it is. I'm more relatable, you know, mm-hmm. when, when I'm human. So, so the humanness is going to show up, but it's also has the power to 
take you to new places, right? And you can begin right away. And I, like I said earlier, win early, win often. I mean, I like to nano size things to make sure that you're going to win, right? You know, for example, someone will say to me, okay, I I really need to start exercising. That's great. What are you going to do? And they'll say, I'm going to exercise every day for 30 minutes. Okay, that's great. I, I, I support you in that. Let's do it. You know, the first week, maybe they worked out three times, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so now what they've done is they made this choice, but, but the ideal they set, the ideal 30 minutes a day is so high. And then once they don't get to that ideal, they just kind of, they just fall out very quickly, right? So what I, I say is, look, you got to dial down the resistance till it's so low that you can at least get three or four days in a row of winning. Now, once you get three or four days, psychologically, you don't want to break the chain. You want to mm-hmm. keep it going, right? So so I will tell people, if you have to just do like a couple of jumping jacks and three push-ups before you get in the shower, let's do that. Let's string together. Let's win the battle of the brain chemistry and let's get you some wins. Um, mm-hmm. And so no matter where you are in life, you can dial down the resistance you know, so low that you just make it happen. That's why like, like my mind shower, I never miss it. I mean, I like 10 minutes, but if I got to dial it down even to one minute, I, I will do that. Right. And, and, and so I use apps on my phone to help track all that. And today was like, I think it was day 1,774 days in a row now that I've done my mind shower, um, you, you know, and, and, and I did this Bible app and, and that was, that was that many days ago was when I discovered what I call the 21 second habits, how to create a new habit in 21 seconds, not 21 days. And I use that framework, which actually I discovered by watching my wife one night. Um, but, but anyway, that framework works and it's still, it's worked now for me for over 1700 days. Oh, Okay, that's huge. And I definitely was where I wanted to go next is what is the 21 second habit? And how does that work? Okay, so 21 second habits is this concept here, this kind of hack that you can create a new habit in 21 seconds, not 21 days. Mm -hmm. Now remember, everything you need is within reach. You don't need anything new. You're already doing it. You're already a habit master. And you can master it if you so desire. But let me ask you this question. So in the last... 24 hours, have you brushed your teeth? Yes. Okay. How long have you had that habit? Um, as long as I can remember most of my life, pretty much my whole life. Okay. So decades upon decades upon yeah. decades. So I just want a base case. I want all the listeners to realize you were already a habit master. Do not sell yourself short. You know how to do this. And so I tell the story of my wife. Uh, now, luckily this is past tense, but she used to have nearly daily migraine headaches. Mm. So the doctors couldn't figure it out. And they said, look, we need you to do this headache log. Uh, And so the headache log is pretty detailed. Like, what did you eat? What could the triggers be? What is the weather? What is the barometric pressure? All these different things. My wife filled it out a day or two. Then she'd forget. Then she would lose it. Then she'd have a migraine and I'd ask her about it. Bad thing. Learned as a husband, do not ask that question. No. (laughs) But then one night I'm watching her uh, I'm watching her brush her teeth and, uh, and, and Beth, my wife, Beth is like the, like the dentist would love her. She's like two minutes at night, two minutes in the morning, just like the dentist recommends without fail. Here's the key. No willpower required. She brushes those teeth, right? She already has that. So the first key, there's three keys. to the 21 second happens. The first key is what I call habit linking. So I said, okay, I said, Beth, take the headache log, put it underneath the toothbrush and the toothpaste. And now when you're brushing your teeth for those two minutes in the morning and at night, fill out the headache log with the best stuff that you could remember, right? And you're never going to lose the log. You're going to know where it is all the time. And so she went from just like two or three days, can't do it, to 90 days in a row without missing a day. And when she went back to that doc, the smile on her face was worth it of her, you know, having this completed headache log nine days. Now today she has a migraine once every couple of months. So it's really quite cool. And she's got medication that helps her when she does have them. Um, But anyway, so that's the first key. So when that happened, then I said, I want to try this out. I want to try this technique out. And so I had two habits. One was I wanted to do this Bible app. And the other was I wanted to do this mind shower. And uh, I use an app called Headspace for that, which is a meditation app. There's also an app called Calm that I use. Insight Timer is also another good one. There's one called Abide, which is kind of a Christian one. But in any case, so what I did is I said, okay, habit linking. That's the first key. So I said to myself, okay, what do I do? I want to do this in the morning. What do I do every morning? No willpower required. What, what would really, to be honest, the first thing I do, it's this. 
It's my smartphone. Um, and sometimes the alarm is going off, but I always open my smartphone. So what I did is I said, okay, that's what I'm a habit link to because I don't have to think about it. So I moved all the apps off the home page on my phone mm-hmm. and I just put those two apps there. And then uh, here's the second key. So first is habit linking to a habit you're already a master at, no willpower required. The second thing is you have to have urge surfing. You need to surf some urge, some desire within you to give you the energy to do that habit. Like in my wife's case, she could not go to bed with that gritty feeling on her teeth. Mm-hmm. She, that, that urge to get rid of that was, was enough to remind her to brush her teeth. In my case, why did I open my phone? Well, I want I open my phone because my son lives in Denmark. Mm-hmm. So he texts me usually during the middle of the night. I have all these emails. I have orders that have come in. I want to know what's happening with my investments, what's happening in the world. I have all this stuff I want to know. And all these little icons are on my phone screaming at me. Uh, and, and I really am excited to see what happened while I was asleep. So I, I literally, I surf that urge and I say, I'm not allowed to touch anything else on my phone until I do those two apps right? And so that is urge surfing. And so for me, that's when I said those apps track how many days in a row I've done it. I'm up into the 1700s uh, and, and it's working for me. And then the third part, so habit linking, uh, urge surfing. And then the third part is just leverage. So you get leverage on yourself to lock in the new habit through, um, you know, uh, pain or pleasure. So, so pain, like a penalty, you can say, Hey, if I don't do this habit, uh, you know, for the next week, I have to pay some penalty. Spouses love to set up the penalties if you're if you're if you're game. So my wife will be like, "You have to wash the outside garbage cans if you don't get this. You know, if you don't do this habit for seven days." And she knows I hate to do that. Uh, or if she really wants me to get it done, she'll say, "You have to wash the neighbor's garbage cans, <laughs> like on the side where you touch his garbage cans. Like he's coming after you." So anyway, that I've never had to wash the garbage cans. Actually, I've always come through on my commitments um, because of the fear of that. Uh, but anyway, so that's the penalty side. Um, you know, the other side is the reward, right? Or the pleasure side. So you can say, look, if I do this habit for seven days, I'm going to buy the book I want, you know, or I'm going to buy this new little toy for myself, you know, wh- whatever the case may be. So pain, pleasure. And then the other leverage, like I mentioned earlier, three or four days in a row, psychologically, you don't want to break the chain, right? You don't want to break that chain. And so that can really, um, really help you uh, t- t- to get going. So that is it in a nutshell. Uh, I'll give one more example. Just the other day, I was speaking with a, 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 an attorney friend of mine, Anne, and she knows that I love next day planning. I'm like, never let a day end without planning the next one. You got to plan out your day. And she's like, I'm not doing it. And I said, Anne, okay, here we go. We need habit linking, urge surfing, and get some leverage. So what's the first thing you do in the morning? No willpower required. She said, I have a cup of coffee. I said, every day. She goes, every day. I said, do you have that fancy machine that grinds the beans and smells really good? Uh, she goes, yes. And I said, great. I want you to take a pad of paper and a pen, put it on top of the coffee machine, and I want you to go to the coffee machine just like you do every morning, brew the coffee, smell the coffee, but you can't sip or drink the coffee until you start your list. Now, if your list is all done, enjoy the coffee. If it's not, you got to start working on the list before you drink the coffee, right? So she's got the habit linking. She's got the urge serving. And then I said, listen, after you do this, you pick it. Uh, uh, seven days, 30 days, give yourself some kind of reward. She she was going to uh, buy a book that she wanted to, to read um, You know, after so many days in a row. So again, that's it. And realize you can habit link. There are things you do once a day, you know, like waking up or breakfast, there are, you know, getting dressed, driving to work, but there's things you do multiple times a day, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I, I people habit link to all kinds of things that you're already doing and you are already a habit master. Oh, wow. Thank you for all of that. Honestly, I just, as we both like drink our water here and speaking of habits, it's, it's, it's funny because you can also set yourself up for success with the habits, right? Like it's people, my husband laughs at me all the time because I've got this huge, massive water jug, but it's like, I know how much I'm drinking. I feel best when I drink all of it. And it just helps me to stay on track. And we have this ongoing joke all the time. It's like, do you actually have to bring that with you? I'm like, yep. <laughs> but it's that, it's that habit piece because it's knowing, right? And so it's also knowing like where are cracks for you without measuring it. I don't have a clue half the time what I'm having. And so that's a simple little thing, but that's one way of doing it. And I love how you talk about like linking habits. I was just thinking of, you know, (laughs) maybe two years ago when I went to the dentist and they're like, are you flossing every day? And I'm like, well, not every day, like not every day, (laughs) but it was just this piece of it. And I went, but what if I could do it every day? 
for the next year. And it was literally like, so when I went back, she's like, you have been flossing, like did not miss a day. And it's just that linking that piece of it. And I, now I haven't even, I haven't not done it in two and a half, three years. And so it's funny, right? How, like, I love how you talk about that. And that sounds so such a silly example, but it works for everything. Like you can link everything when it comes to those habits. Yeah. And the other key is to is to also have some kind of a cue or reminder, you know, mm-hmm. in the test. Like if I was doing the flossing thing, maybe I would wrap part of my toothbrush in floss or you know, just mm-hmm. something so there's a when you go to do the habit that that you're already a master of, make sure there's some kind of cue, some kind of reminder, you know, to get you to to uh you know to to link in that that new habit. But yes, that's uh that's awesome. And yeah, and everybody is just, you know, you probably have um a hundred things you do a day, you know, that you could link to. So as you start thinking about it, oh, I'm gonna see things very differently now because I can even I can, I can like my brain is thinking of things that can be linked together. And really this is about like just continually setting ourselves up for success right? Like really getting those wins underway. And I can't say enough, like I love everything that you're saying. And one of the things that's hitting, especially since, you know, we've just come out of the new year and I have this group of women that I'm in a text chat with and they set all of their goals for what January was. And I, as I'm reading and watching them, I'm like, can I just chime in for a second? Like, like, can we just like dial it back a bit so that we can get some wins? Because I'm te- it's not that you can't, it's just, we're not setting ourselves up for success. And it hit, I think it was January 14th. And everybody was like, I failed. I've screwed up. This hasn't worked. <laughs> This is like, I'm screwed. And it's like, no, 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 no. Like we, so I think as humans, I love what you're saying in that setting ourselves up for success is so much more important than like climbing the mountain in like one week thinking that we're going to do that. Yeah, you you are so right on, and 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 we're chemically wired to win for survival. We get dopamine and serotonin, and so you're wired to win. And so yeah, win early, win often. And for everybody, there's like this golden. I called it the golden win ratio. Uh, mm-hmm. And so for me, it's ninety percent. Like I need to win ninety percent of the time to stay motivated and get going. And I learned about this. I, I coached both my kids in tennis, mm-hmm. and in tennis, it turned out to be seventy to eighty percent was the magic ratio, meaning that if my kids were winning more than 90%, they're learning absolutely nothing. They go out on the court, it's a beat down. They're excited, they're happy. But I'm like, well, what'd you learn from that? Absolutely nothing. But if it, if the winning fell below 70%, 60%, 50%, now they want to quit. They're like, this is not fun anymore, dad. I don't like it anymore, dad. And I'm like, well, wait a second, what are we learning? And, and how can we get more wins? How can we dial down the resistance to whatever's holding you back and get more wins. So I would, I might have to take them out of town. We live in Phoenix. I might have to go down to Tucson and put them in a tournament that I know they can do really, really well at, right? Mm-hmm. And vice versa. If they're just winning all the time, they're like, dad, I don't want to play up at a level. The, the kids are too big. Ah, let's just do this one tournament. Let's just see what it's like, you know? And then they get like where they didn't even win a game. Um, but, but anyway, uh, I probably, I probably went too far that time, but in any case that, that win ratio, everybody has it, but typically it's a lot more winning than losing. And you want to win that brain chemical battle because that that's what gives you the energy to, to want to do more. So I'm all about dialing down the resistance on the wins and dialing up the resistance on the bad habits. So that's like a whole, that's separate than a 21 second habit. Bad habit elimination is like a whole different game, but, but that's where you're, you're getting yourself to stop doing uh, the things you don't want to do. So good. Honestly, that's so good. And it's, it really hits because especially as entrepreneurs, right? Like (laughs) entrepreneurs don't want numbers that are wins that are less than 50 and 60%, but that's reality. And it doesn't mean that they're not successful. It's actually, they're putting themselves out there and like, you shouldn't be hitting a hundred percent sales and a hundred percent connections. Right. And, right. Yeah. yeah wow. There's a great book. Um, Dan Sullivan has a book called the gap in the gain. Have you heard of that? Book? Oh, I actually did a number of podcasts on it and oh, yeah. it it's a fantastic book for anybody. Um, yeah. I've actually, that's a good plug for this book because when I feel stuck sometimes, I'm like, oh, wait, I'm standing like in the gap and I'm looking like I'm looking outward of what others are doing instead of like standing in that gain and recognizing that these loss, air quote losses are actually teaching me or that, you know, I'm really competing against myself. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that concept of, 
you know, there's this ideal, like your goal sometimes is this bigger ideal, almost like the horizon, like you go towards it and you just push it out further, right? Mm -hmm. uh, and, and that you want to measure the gap between where you were a year ago, a month ago, or whatever, to where you are today. And you only have, you have to beat one person. Mm -hmm. Every day, you have to beat one person. And that person you have to beat is your yesterday self. That's yeah. it. Just beat your yesterday self, not Sally, not somebody else, just your yesterday self. And I, I, t I try to help people understand that no matter what happens, you can be better than your yesterday self. Now, it might be because you're learning something new, like, you know, your net worth can go down or bad things are going to happen, but you can learn from that and you can be better through that experience of that and mm -hmm. then, you know, move forward. But you always want to measure, yeah, that gap from where you were and see your progress rather than measuring to the ideal, which is something you're just going to get down on yourself, right? Now, you need to be inspired and 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 be moving towards your goals, but when you're, when you're taking a stop, you know, yeah, make sure to measure, you know, the gain, not the gap. And I, I probably with my kids, you know, I, I probably measure too much of the gap versus the gain. I, I wish I would have read that uh, before I began parenting. Oh, I couldn't agree more. Honestly, that book is relevant for so many aspects of life. So many aspects. It was one um, I listened to on Audible, loved it actually went and bought the book because there were so many pieces of it that I wanted to be able to use. Um, and I've listened to a couple of his books since then because I found it so powerful. So I love, yeah. Super good. Uh, the audio is even better because they have little interviews with Dan and it was fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Love it. Okay. Wow. So I love everything that you're sharing and there's so much value here for everybody who's listening. What I can ask you a personal question. What is something in your head trash that you are can you're committed to continually working on and improving yeah i mean i think for me it is the entrepreneur in me wants more of the gap than the gain right uh you, you know so i i started a new business uh you know last year and i was like your friends uh you know for this new channel of my business i do these things called super results days and i started the year and i had 15 uh well, well so so i i've changed my wording in in how i work uh, and, and it's it's a, it's kind of been a nice evolution like i used to call people customers but then i switched to the word client right because mm -hmm. like a customer buys but a client is served right just that little and i used to say i used to say well i love serving over selling right and so serving became my word so it'd be like oh i'm serving x number of clients but then i realized no no better than serving is over delivering Right. Mm -hmm. So now, so I, I have this thing called the bring about statement. What you think about, you bring about. So I write my bring about statement every day, but now it's about over delivering to lifetime clients. Mm -hmm. So, so the programs I have, you, you can buy something one time, but you, there's a membership side of it, right? So you could, you could be kind of a lifetime client. But anyway, so, so I started the, in this new channel of business. I had 15 and my goal, my goal was to get to 334 by the end of the year. Uh, but I only got to 26. Now, so so the gap there is huge, a total bomb, right? But when I look back, if I look back and say, wait, 15 to 26, you went up 73%. Hello. And the 15, I think everyone, you know, of the 15 except one stayed, you know. Mm -hmm. so, so anyway, again, how I look and, you know, and, and how I move forward. Um, so I think my, my head trash is, is along those lines of, of things, you know, of getting caught in, in holding myself back, maybe from some, some bigger gains that I could have, um, you know, and, and just, I'm stopping myself from success a little bit there. I think. Mm -hmm. I love that. Thank you so much for sharing. Oh, so good. It's amazing, right? Like you can look at that and think, okay, I completely bombed at what my goal was, or am I actually going to shame myself for having like almost a hundred percent retention? And I went up by 73%. Like, is that what I'm going to do? That just, it's, and it's just, a, it's a very relatable um, conversation that you're having right now, because I know so many entrepreneurs go through this. Well, and, and, you know, it's one is energizing and, and, and exciting, like up 73%. And the other one could maybe even pull me out of that business if I, mm -hmm. if I dwell there too long. Right now, I will say that I, I run across, you know, if you're a business owner, sometimes your business model is flawed. So, so there are times and, and, you know, COVID pandemics brought this out. Sometimes you have to pivot 
and pivot hard, or mm-hmm. sometimes you have to know when to quit. And that's not easy. Like a lot of motivational stuff is never quit, never quit. But there are times you need to pivot or quit. And sometimes the business model is not right. And I've had business models where, you know, it's just, it's not going to make it. It's not sustainable. You know, um, it's not delivering enough value to the marketplace where people are going to pay enough that make it all work. You know, and so, so anyway, just, just be careful in, in that, um, you know, and, and if you need to pivot, know that there is, there's, there's a time to pivot. Mm, beautiful distinction between the two. Now there's like so much content that you're sharing and information that's here, which I absolutely love. Where can people follow, connect and learn more about you? I know you have a very strong presence on one social media, but I would love to know where, where can people connect and find you? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, you can find me on LinkedIn. That's my, my best platform, but uh, the simplest thing is just go to blainetedx.com. So B-L-A-I-N-E. Mm-hmm. TEDx.com. And there you can opt in to get, I did a TEDx talk about White Table, what you think about, you bring about, and you'll get that, but then you'll get to know me. You'll get my email address, my contact information. Um, you'll get invitations to the things I'm doing, uh, articles that I've written and all that stuff. Mm, beautiful. Thank you so much. Honestly, I love this conversation so much um, juicy content that just gets me thinking even more, which I love. I love that little challenging um, thought process that we're all going through. I would love to ask you one more question, and it is, what lesson in life are you most grateful for? Uh, you know, it has to go back to this concept of Waitaba. You know, what you think about, you bring about, mm-hmm. uh, and that I got that at an early age because that that changed everything, everything for me. Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing. As soon as you said it the first time in the very beginning, I'm like, oh, I know what it stands for now. I saw your email, and it was like, I just remembered it inside. But I, I love that because... They, I mean, our thoughts are either like replaying the past or creating our future. They're they're only doing one of the two. They're actually very rarely are we in the present, right? Very rarely, but it's playing the past or creating the future. And so, what you think about, you bring about. And I, I absolutely love that you shared that. Well, thank you so much for having me. And and I'll leave my my parting thought is this: the bad news. The bad news is time flies. The good news, you're the pilot. So pilot well, pilot well. Pilot, well, I love it. Thank you so much. Honestly, Blaine, this has been fantastic. All right. Thanks for having me on. Enjoyed it. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of Own Your Choices, Own Your Life. If you love this episode, I invite you to tag me on social media with your takeaways or share it with a friend. Please, if you feel called, take 30 seconds to leave a five-star review and I will be forever grateful. Until next time, remember when you own your choices, you truly own your life.